0: Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned into the Mark Harrington
1: Show. Sponsored by Created Equal.
0: Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you. You need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like you kill a baby fetus, the same thing as killing any old
1: inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation
0: of leaders. To take on the culture of death and win. You, 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 you young people, it's your movement now. It's not your parents anymore. The blood that is shed cries out to God from the ground for justice.
1: And now, here's Mark.
0: Well, hello everyone, Uh, this is the uh, day of the big debate, Biden versus Trump, the first of three debates that'll be happening in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, There were many of us that didn't think this was gonna happen uh, because of Joe Biden's uh, issues, let's say, but it looks like it's gonna happen tonight uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, Biden versus Trump. I don't think the stakes could be higher. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're also going to be talking about this misinformation that's been put out there by pro-abortion advocates uh, in memes and other communications, basically trying to make the case that if you vote for Joe Biden, that somehow abortion rates are actually going to decrease. They're trying to make the case that the pro-life position would be to vote for Joe Biden. And they they basically cherry-pick uh, history to make that case and finally on the program later in the program we're going to talk about just generally do incremental laws laws that restrict abortion regulate abortion actually lead to the saving of lives so you're listening to your radio activist here on the Mark Harrington show and folks if you like what you hear on the program please like and share the the broadcast with your friends on your Facebook pages. We're also broadcast over our YouTube page and terrestrial radio here in Columbus on Salem Radio. That's AM 880 WRFD. And also in Cincinnati on WCVX 1160 AM. You can also pick us up on uh, many of the podcast uh, platforms, Podbeam, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. So listening to The Mark Harrington Show. And folks, what I have here today is a full slate. And as my guest, I have Dr. Michael New. And Dr. New as a PhD, has a PhD in political science and a master's in statistics from Stanford University. And he did his doctoral, postdoctoral work at Harvard MIT Data Center. Dr. New, thanks for being on the program today. Ah,
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, uh, Michael, I I wanted to bring you on because you've written extensively about this, uh, about incremental laws and and how those affect abortion rates, but also you've, you've basically brought some clarity to the question as to whether presidential administrations, Democrat presidential administrations, actually re- reduce abortions we want to talk about that but first of all i want to get your take on what you think is going to happen tonight on the debate well
1: i think that honestly president trump needs to be a little bit careful and the reason why i think that is that expectations for joe biden tonight are very low yeah. joe right. biden is basically hung out in his basement he's not even running a real campaign you know trump isn't running around doing rallies he is supporters who are enthusiastic joe biden typically wraps up his schedule public events in the morning every day. So people haven't really seen much of him. Uh, What they have seen is not always really impressive. And sometimes, you know, when it comes to debates, it's the expectation game. It's not how well you did, it's how well you did relative to expectations. That said, I think President Trump is going to have a strong performance tonight. You know, I think he's obviously in these mock debate sessions with, uh, I think, Rudy Giuliani and Chris Christie. Uh, I think that, you know, he has a strong record to run on. Uh, He's very good on camera. He's articulate. Uh, I think he's going to hit hard. He didn't pull any punches against Hillary Clinton 2016. I don't expect him to pull punches tonight against Joe Biden. So I think it is going to be a good night for President Trump tonight.
0: I think you're right as well. Uh, You know, Joe Biden's been practicing now for, what, several months probably for this. He's had plenty of time because he hasn't been on the campaign trail. Obviously, as you say, the expectations are very low for him. Whether he performs well or not, we can expect the media to gush over his performance. I've said recently, you know, if he shows up with his pants on, I think people would be uh, be impressed right now uh, with his performance. So we'll wait and see how it goes. I think uh, it's probably going to be one of the most uh, watched presidential debates in history because of uh, COVID. And because nobody really has heard from uh, Joe Biden in the last six months of the campaign. So I think uh, more people are going to tune into this one than probably uh, any and possibly since the in the television era. We'll wait and see. But, um, you know, so we we'll, we'll, we'll get a lot. But by, by the way, folks, our our team is up in Cleveland right now. As as we speak, we are flying our tow banner airplane over Uh, downtown cleveland uh currently says unborn black lives matter that's what the tow banner says Uh, along with our billboard truck that has the same message and we're trying to get voters to consider the fact that black lives matter which is part of the democrat party does not support all black lives because they neglect the most vulnerable um, citizens in our community and that is unborn black lives so we're we're flying that tow banner our team is also at the University of Akron today, reaching out to college students, and will be joining us uh, this afternoon at the debate site as we go and 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 conduct outreach there today. So pray for us uh, after the program. I'll be hopping in a van and heading up to Cleveland. So, Doctor New, I wanted to talk about this uh, this uh, these memes that have been uh, floating out there on social media that are trying to make the case that Democratic presidential administrations have actually led to the decrease in abortions. Uh, Is that true or is that false and why?
1: I think the best way to describe it is it's very misleading. Uh, What we have seen in the United States is that after the Roe v. Wade decision, uh, abortion numbers went up. They skyrocketed dramatically. Once you legalize abortion, it happens a lot more often. But interestingly, starting in 1980, the abortion rate peaked. And almost every year since 1980, the abortion rate has fallen. We've seen a long-term, durable decline in the U.S. abortion rate for the past 40 years. And actually, the U.S. abortion rate in 2017, uh, that's the most recent year for which we have data, it's actually fallen by 50% since 1980. So we've actually cut the abortion rate in half. And I think we should talk about that more, that obviously we have over 800,000 abortions being performed in the U.S. That's 800,000 too many, um, and it's not acceptable. You know, but we have made real progress getting abortion numbers down. And what you see that happening is just as a very consistent, long-term, durable decline that's persisted through both Democratic presidential administrations and Republican presidential administrations. So numbers declined during the Reagan administration, the first Bush administration, the Clinton administration, the second Bush administration, the Obama administration. That takes us up to President Trump right now. So um, that's kind of the main story here. Now, these memes you see tend to be very misleading. And I had a piece on live action news, which kind of explains that they're mis- how misleading they are. Um, a few things are worth keeping in mind. First off, a lot of these memes conveniently forget that Jimmy Carter was a Democrat. He was president from 1977 to 1981. The abortion rate went up. In fact, it went up pretty dramatically in the late 70s. The memes never include that. The big problem with the meme, I think, these memes, is that they rely on data from the Centers for Disease Control. And unfortunately, U.S. Abortion, report, abortion reporting requirements are very weak. Uh, California, for instance, has not reported any data to the CDC since 1997. So the reason why you see this big decline during the Clinton administration isn't because there was an actual large decline. It's because California quit reporting data. And when you blow away 10% of the population or when 10% of the population isn't reporting, especially a state that has a, a above average abortion rate, you know, that's misleading. So that's kind of another thing to to keep in mind Uh, a third problem is that some of these memes look at overall abortions and not the abortion rate and when you look at overall abortions that can be affected by changes in population especially the population of women of childbearing age so during the reagan years you did see an increase in the population of women of childbearing age Uh, that's why abortion numbers went up in the 80s but the overall abortion rate went down the percentage of women Uh, who obtained an abortion, uh, or the percentage of women of childbearing age, I should say, who obtained an abortion in any given year went down. So again, these memes are misleading. Uh, Again, you see a long-term, durable decline in the abortion rate uh, since 1980. And it's also important for pro-livers to understand why the abortion rate is falling. And an important reason, a very important reason why the abortion rate has been falling since 1980 is because a higher percentage of unintended pregnancies are being carried to term. Uh, we have data from Guttmacher, which is not a friend of the pro-life movement, they at one point were the research arm of Planned Parenthood. Their own data shows that in 1981, 54% of unintended pregnancies were aborted. That number fell to 42% by 2011. So we've seen a significant increase in the percentage of unintended pregnancies that are carried to term. And I always talk mention this when I talk to pro-life audiences, because I think more than anything else, uh, that statistically shows pro-life efforts are effective. That if a higher percentage of unintended pregnancies are being carried to term, it's not that unintended pregnancies aren't happening. It's that when they are happening, women are choosing life. So we're mm. either changing hearts and minds through our educational efforts or caring mm. for pregnant women through pregnancy help centers or we're passing corrective pro-life laws, which we've done in many states, or we're doing some combination of these things. But it all goes back to things that pro-lifers are doing to build a culture of life.
0: All right, my guest again is uh, Doctor Michael New. He's a professor at Catholic University of America in Washington D.C., and he comes to us on the eve of the uh, presidential debate in Cleveland uh, between President Trump and Joe Biden. Uh, Doctor New, in in summary, uh, this you know a lot of people are being taken in by this this uh, this narrative that Democrat uh, administrations have actually led to a decrease in abortion. To summarize what you're saying here, and, and just those three points are, again, uh, number one was Jimmy Carter. The numbers weren't counted, even though they went up, right? That, those numbers are not counted in this uh, in their estimation. Yeah, those memes,
1: right? those memes you see begin with Reagan, and I hate to say it, okay, but just... or, or was legal before Ronald Reagan. And we, you know, <laughs> we'll be waiting yes. to see it in uh, 1973. We had President Ford okay. and President Carter, and the numbers went up under President Carter, who was a Democrat.
0: And the second reason is California stopped reporting its abortion rate to the CDC in 1997. So yes. uh, those numbers aren't figured in. And then thirdly, uh, they're analyzing the, the total abortions instead of the rate. Why, why does that matter again? What they say, say again? To some well, sure. Are- Essentially that
1: you know, total abortions can be a little bit misleading, in my opinion, because that's affected by fluctuations in the population of women of childbearing age. So sometimes, you know, I think the rate is, I think, the best measure because that shows roughly the percentage of women of childbearing age who have an abortion. So what you had happen in the 80s when Reagan was president is there was actually an increase in the US population of women of childbearing age, women aged 15 to 44. There were more women of childbearing age in 1989 when Reagan left office than there were in 1981 when he took office. So since there were more women of childbearing age, there were more abortions. However, a smaller percentage of women were obtaining abortions by 1989. So the rate was going down during the Reagan years even if the number of abortions may have gone up slightly.
0: Yeah, folks, we don't want you to be misled. The idea that Joe Biden is going to, his administration will lead to a decrease in abortion is just a lie. It's not true. There's The facts don't back it up. A lot of people are being taken in by this and thinking that somehow Democrat administrations lead to decreases in abortions. Uh, and I think the, the point also needs to be made, Michael, and that is, you know, it's it's the state legislatures over the years that have led to the decrease. It, it, let's talk a little bit about that uh, also, because at the federal level, uh, there's very little that can be done. Is that right? That that reduce the abortion rate. So the president has limited ability to actually do things that can reduce abortions. I mean, there are some things, but historically, it, the change is coming from the culture, as you say, Women are keeping their children. They're they're uh, bringing them to term. They're adopting them, uh, or they're uh, parenting them, and also in the state legislatures. Explain what's going on at that level, because I think that's a huge uh, piece to this to this puzzle.
1: Right. Sure. The one thing again, another thing that these memes ignore is that both during the Clinton years and the Obama years, Republicans made big gains in the state legislatures. Both of those right. presidential administrations. We had a big Republican year in 1994. Uh, we also had a big Republican year in 2010. And uh, a lot of state legislative chambers have flipped. That As recently as like 1992, Republicans controlled both chambers of the state legislature in only seven states. Now wow. that number's up to about 29. So That's Republicans crazy. have really done a great job in terms of mm-hmm. winning more and more legislative sheets and you know, obtaining control of more state legislative chambers. And, you know, not all Republicans are pro-life, but many, many are. It's becoming a more pro-life party. So when Republicans, you know, gain control of these state legislatures, it makes it you know much, much easier uh, to pass these pro-life laws. And every year, again, Guttmacher, which, again, up until 2006 or seven was the research arm of Planned Parenthood, you know, they track the number of state-level pro-life laws that are passed. And it seems that we, like, set a record almost every year in terms of the number of laws being passed. And you know we're seeing states do a lot more to pass protective laws. That so we see, you know, Alabama, you know, last year uh, enacted legislation to try to protect, you know, all preborn children. You see the heartbeat laws uh, being passed in several states that would protect unborn children after six weeks gestation. So, and even the other laws that are incremental, you know, have a very good track record. Uh, that tomorrow is going to be the 44th anniversary of the Hyde Amendment, and the federal Hyde right. Amendment. Uh, prevents federal taxpayer dollars from paying for elective abortions through Medicaid. Now, unfortunately, some states can still use their own money to fund abortions for women on Medicaid, but we have very good research showing that when states don't do that or they cut off taxpayer funding for elective abortions, abortion numbers go down. Very broad consensus that, you know, defunding a big abortion gets abortion numbers down. If abortions don't are covered through Medicaid uh, and women have to pay out of pocket, those abortion rates will fall
0: there's yeah, also good. I, I, I want to talk about that because you know there's this in-house debate. You could call it within the pro-life movement that says that it, passing incremental laws don't save lives. They only prolong abortion. They 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 continue Roe v. Wade because uh, Roe v. Wade still is in place. Rather, we should be just trying to pass total bans on abortion in the state legislatures and not do anything to chip around the edges of Roe v. Wade and and do what we can to save lives. How do you respond in that argument? I know it's not one that we hear a whole lot, but there are those out there that say we need to abandon all this incrementalism, if you will, Mm -hmm. because uh, uh, we we, we need to ban abortion altogether. Uh, What is your position on that incrementalism versus, say, a total ban, all or nothing type of approach?
1: Well, if we could ban all abortions, I'd love to do so. But politically, that's just right. not feasible right now. And by passing incremental laws, we're not, you know, endorsing abortion. We're trying to limit abortion. Right. We're not endorsing evil. We're trying to limit evil. So, right. and again, there's just a lot of these laws do have a, a good track record, um, and there's consensus on this. I mean, um, when it comes to the issue of public funding of abortion and the Hyde Amendment. Even our opponents agree. The evidence is so overwhelming that these laws save lives, even our opponents agree. Uh, Guttmacher did a big literature review, and they found that limiting taxpayer funding of Medicaid abortion lowers abortion rates. In Mm -hmm. 2010, the Center for Reproductive Rights argued the Hyde Amendment stopped a million abortions. I did a study for the Charlotte Loser Institute in 2016 on the Hyde Amendment. I updated my figures this past summer. I found the Hyde Amendment has saved over 2.4 million lives. Since 1976, wow. so don't let anyone tell you that pro political efforts are for naught. Uh, there's 2.4 million people out there walking around today who owe their lives to the Hyde Amendment, and 2.4 million women who've been spared a lifetime of regret uh, because the Hyde Amendment was put put in place. So again, I think these you know, incremental laws you know do have an impact, and I think it's also important to know that um, you know the culture can change laws, but laws can also change the culture too. And I think essentially Mm -hmm. if we can kind of help create a culture of life incrementally, you know, that could be things to build on, you know? So I think a lot of times you just sort of look at the history of social movements in America, change usually doesn't come all at once. One of the first major victories for civil rights lawyers was getting, I think public law schools desegregated. You know, they couldn't desegregate all schools, but they started with public law schools and that worked out well. They helped generate it helped train a generation of uh, well-trained civil rights lawyers. Who went on to do other things? So again, I think if you just look at politics and human history, change tends to happen incrementally, you know, I wish we could do more faster, but we have made progress, and I think we'll continue to make progress.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's not that we just want to regulate abortion or restrict abortion. We want to regulate abortion, restrict abortion on the way yep. to banning it altogether. It's a path that we're taking. It's kind of an and both. We you know if we can ban abortion, we're going to try but we also want to continue to to save lives using every single tool that's available to us, which includes uh, legislative tools. Uh, To wrap up uh, here, uh, Dr. New, if you would, talk about the president, talk about that position, the executive in the executive branch. What can he do? What has President Trump done? So those out there that are still considering saying, you know, I don't like President Trump because of X, Y, or Z. Uh, I, I've heard this about Biden saying of you know, Democrat administrations, the abortion rate goes down. Uh, let's talk about President Trump and what he has done and generally what a president can do.
1: Well, I think minutes. the most important thing a president can do on sanctity of life issues is appoint judges. And during the mm-hmm. Trump administration, we've seen a record number of appointments of federal judges is very very unique. Uh, He's getting a chance to appoint a third Supreme Court justice. Uh, That's pretty rare. Reagan got up to a point three, uh, but no other president, I think, in the modern era really has gotten a chance to uh, appoint that many. So uh, I think Amy Coney Barrett is a terrific pick. I hope that she'll be confirmed by the U.S. Senate. Uh, Obviously, on the issue of abortion, judges uh, play an outsized role. And I think Mm -hmm. it's important to have good people in judiciary. I think that reason alone, is enough for pro-lifers to support President Trump. But there's other things he's done as well. The Hyde Amendment has become again right. a very salient issue. Uh, Joe Biden, after years of support announced last year, he now opposes the Hyde Amendment. So mm-hmm. Joe Biden not only thinks the abortion should be legal, he thinks it should be funded with federal taxpayer dollars. Trump has right. supported the Hyde Amendment. So again, there's a good chance if Biden's elected, the Hyde Amendment will be in jeopardy, and the lives of tens of thousands of unborn children being tens of thousands of unborn children will be in jeopardy as well. And also the federal the president has some control about how federal money is spent and how grants are given. Uh, with the Republican administrations, including President Trump with the Mexico City policy that says very clearly we don't give foreign aid dollars to groups that perform or promote abortions overseas. Uh, president Trump has also changed, you know, passed something called the Protect Life Rule. And that also says that you know Title 10 grantees can't refer for mm-hmm. abortions. And that's cut mm-hmm. some funding away from Planned Parenthood. So mm-hmm. uh, again, Presidents can't ban abortion altogether with the stroke of a pen, but their judicial appointments are very important and important for the long term. And they also have to make they also some power about how money is spent and they can redirect that money to life affirming alternatives instead of abortion.
0: Well, and we clearly know where Joe Biden stands, as you say, on all of those issues. Uh, you know, just Can you imagine where we'd be if Hillary Clinton were president? She would now be putting on the bench up to three uh, Supreme Court justices. And we would now have a liberal majority on the U.S. Supreme Court, not what we're looking like now, where we could have up to six textualists uh, on the Supreme Court. And, of course, all the other issues, the bully pulpit and, as you say, funding and those kinds of things. We know where uh, Joe Biden stands on all of that. He wants abortion funded all the way up to the time of birth. And he believes in really afterbirth abortions. That's how extreme the Democrat Party has become. I think the the, 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 the the decision is cut and dried. I can't can't see how a pro life advocate could vote any any differently. But we do have people out there saying, you know, I'm going to vote for Biden because they don't like Trump. Uh, finally, Doctor New, uh, as a Catholic, uh, someone who believes in the Catholic faith and those um, principles of it, uh, as a Catholic, can can a Catholic vote for Joe Biden? Uh, obviously, he can, or he or she can. The question is. Is it moral to do so? Because we have a lot of Catholics that vote Democrat and vote for Democrat presidential candidates.
1: I think it's very poor prudential judgment to vote for a Democratic candidate. That's the way I look at it, that uh, essentially when it comes to sanctity of life issues, there are very clear church teachings that I think Catholics should abide by and need to abide by. When it comes Mm -hmm. to other issues, there's prudential judgments. People of goodwill can disagree about welfare and how much to spend and how generous benefits should be. People of goodwill can disagree about health care and how best to care for people who are of low income or don't have health insurance. Those are important issues, but the other day, they're prudential. You know, There are very clear teachings on life and marriage, and I think Catholics should prioritize those issues when they vote.
0: All right. My guest has been Dr. Michael New, and he is a professor at Catholic University of America. We've been talking about... The presidential debate tonight, the election, and as well these uh, memes that have been floating around by pro-abortion advocates that are saying that a vote for a Democrat presidential candidate actually can lead to the decrease of abortions or the abortion rates. And uh, hopefully we've, we've uh, debunked those, as well as we've been talking about how incremental laws, laws that restrict and regulate abortion on the way to ending it all have actually saved lives. So Dr. New, I appreciate you being on the program today.
1: Well, thanks for having me. If, uh, if your listeners are interested in my research, uh, they can follow me on Twitter, uh, Michael underscore J underscore New. Uh, again, it's been a privilege to be on the show and uh, I wanna thank everyone for their efforts and keep building a culture of life.
0: Amen. Again, Michael New's my guest. Uh, appreciate you being on the program. So folks, we'll see you next time. Uh, You can check out uh, the program by going to MarkHarrington.org. Follow us on Facebook as well, YouTube, and some of our podcast platforms as well. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God.